0: Hello, and thank you for joining us here on The Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani. as always, virtually though, by my esteemed colleague, my partner in crime, really the best way to describe this person is my everything, it's at Eric Galala.
1: Phil, great to be with you. I know we couldn't be together in person today, but just your presence, it makes everything a little bit better.
0: You, of course, are in a winter wonderland.
1: That's right. It uh, is a cold, dark world out there.
0: Yeah, maybe not Wonderland. Just the sort of just the gray skies, abyss, cold. I think that yeah, uh, we decided we decided, to, we decided to do it separately because being together it would have just been too painful.
1: It would have been too <laughs> difficult, and uh, we just our hearts couldn't handle that. Exactly. Quite yet, we need some more time.
0: Exactly. Of course, uh, we're talking about uh, the Broncos three point loss to the New England Patriots on Christmas Eve. Uh, Chad Ryland, Eric, uh, I did not see that coming after what uh, transpired earlier in the game for him to run out there a rookie and just drill a 56 yard field goal. uh, I did not think that was going to happen.
1: Yeah, the NFL Phil, feel, it feels like sometimes it just has these ways of being a little bit poetic or you know, feels like it's it's scripted almost. And here's a guy that doinked an extra point. He missed a uh, what a 47 yarder, or something like that earlier in the game, uh right yeah. before halftime, and uh just steps right up and Phil, that thing would have been go- good from sixty, 70. sixty-five. I mean, he <laughs> just drilled it. And yeah. uh, the Broncos had a heroic comeback attempt in the fourth quarter and they get that you know get a touchdown get a two-point conversion get another touchdown get a two-point conversion which the odds of that can't be high right to convert both of those two pointers and then they get a three and out and you know two minutes to go you think hey the broncos are going to somehow save their season um despite how bad it looked earlier in the game they're going to find a way to do this it's going to be a little christmas eve miracle here for the broncos and um you know, the final two minutes, things just went south quickly in a hurry. The Broncos go three and out. They call a couple of timeouts and are aggressive there. And the Patriots push the ball down the field. You got your best defensive player on the field, Phil Pat Sertan, who gets beat for a catch. And then before you know it, it's just like all the energy that was in that stadium. And it, it was rocking there for a couple of minutes when the Broncos tied it up and then got that stop. It just, it was like a bad dream, you know, where it just quickly turned. and. And the Broncos—they you know, got what, like a four percent chance left. They're not technically eliminated, but for all intents and purposes, the, the playoff hopes dimmed quite, uh, quite drastically with that kick.
0: Yeah, I think that. Uh, I mean, uh, the maybe the most disappointing part of all of this is that everything for the Broncos this weekend had sort of fallen their way, just in terms of the other scores uh certainly early you know on saturday and then earlier on sunday like everything was sort of shaping up to be a a, a great situation for the broncos even the chiefs lost on uh, christmas day so like everything this weekend was going the broncos way except the broncos result and um yeah what a weird game uh, uh, eric just the the first half it sort of felt like everything was gone as we uh, sort of expected like a defensive battle a low scoring game uh just 7 to 3 you know you sort of felt like it, the whole game was going to be that way but then in the third quarter the patriots came out firing uh, a couple of touchdown drives uh, marvin mims has uh, uh, the fumble there and that's uh, another touchdown on special teams but uh you know it looked like all of a sudden the patriots were dominating then the fourth quarter the sc- script flips again and uh the broncos come out of nowhere And uh, when the offense just, like, wasn't able to really do anything for such a long period of time, all of a sudden they exploded in that fourth quarter. And I don't know about you, Eric, but, like, when they got the ball back there with two minutes to play, there was no doubt in my mind they were going to go down and and win that thing.
1: Yeah. No, you're right, Phil. It felt um, and listen, there weren't a ton of people there. I think the announced attendance was 60,000. Certainly certainly um, by the end of, you know, with the Broncos trailing by 16 points late in the game, it, it wouldn't surprise me if some people uh, headed home early, they get all tucked into bed and, and get ready for Santa Claus. But the people that were there, I mean, the atmosphere was electric. And I think people who stuck it out were fired up. Like I mentioned, there was a, a buzz in the stadium, particularly, Uh, after Javante Williams gets in there for the two-pointer. And, uh, you know, then they they got the three and out. Alex Singleton's firing up the crowd. He's pumping them up. And you're right, it it did feel almost inevitable that the Broncos were going to find a way to win this. And the conversation was going to be about, hey, there's this huge comeback. And, man, the Broncos uh, nearly kind of threw away their playoff chances. But, hey, what a heck of a win. You know, one of the the, uh, biggest comebacks One of the biggest fourth quarter comebacks, I believe, in in franchise history, had they been able to cap it off, I think it would have been the third largest fourth quarter comeback uh, in team history. And so um, it it just it felt like it was meant to be to some degree, Phil, and just it shows you that one or two plays here or there, um, you know, you're not able to get some. There's a negative screenplay on first down on that drive that really kind of puts you in a bad spot. And then on the ensuing possession, they get two stops, and Sean Payton calls timeout. He said after the game, "Hey, you know, I liked the way we were moving the ball. I thought we'd be able to get the ball back and, and push it there." Um, but then on third down, Bailey Zappi makes a great play, and and uh, you know the Patriots just put put themselves in position. And then you looking back though at all the moments throughout the game that um, that could have made a difference. You know, if Will lets his field goal at the end of the first half, a fifty-seven yard attempt it barely sneaks off to the left. If that, if that goes in and you're up 10-3 at halftime, maybe you feel a little bit differently. Um, certainly Marvin Mims' fumble that was recovered for a touchdown was, um, you know, clearly he was trying to make a play, make something happen. Credit to him after the game for for standing there and talking to the media and, and you know, taking ownership of that. But um, it, what, it went from nine points to 16 points in an instant. That was a, a huge deal. And uh, yeah, and fine. I know we'll want to talk about that, that opening goal line sequence for the Broncos, but it just felt like here and there, you know, uh, Javante Williams, you're winning the football game. You got the ball in Patriots territory. Javante Williams fumbles the ball. Ben Powers has the football and they give it to New England. Um, you know, there there were just a bunch of moments where if one of them goes in the Broncos direction, maybe they win this football game.
0: Yeah. I mean, even Sean Payton said that after a game, he was like, Hey, there's six or seven moments here where if they went in the Broncos favor, you're talking about a Denver victory. But, uh, you know, I think that, uh, all of those moments you're like, okay, well, how come they didn't go the Broncos way? And, you know, well, Sean Payton talks about, you know, the attention to detail a lot. And, um, you know, uh, th- this Broncos team wasn't able to quite uh, play that clean game that they had been hoping for. And, you know, um I, I don't blame the timeouts there. Uh, I know there's been a lot of talk about, hey, why are the Broncos calling timeout there? But I think that if you think about it from the Broncos' perspective, uh, the Patriots had not been able to move the ball essentially for the entire fourth quarter. So you're expecting – you know, that this thing is just not going to, they're not going to be able to drive down and get into field goal range. And even if they do, Chad Ryland, as we've mentioned, you know, had been having a tough night. So you're sort of feeling confident there. And then on the other side, you feel like you've got all the momentum offensively. I know you went three and out there, but you know, you, you're feeling confident at that point that if, if you can get the ball back in pretty decent field position that you'd be able to even without any timeouts, go and set up maybe a a long shot there. So uh, I sort of understand being aggressive uh, in in that spot for, for Sean Payton there. Um, But uh, yeah, I mean, all of these moments, so you heard from Sean on Monday say, look, we got to protect the football better. That's one thing that the Broncos were really good at during that five game winning streak. And uh, you know, for Marvin Mims, I thought that Kurt Warner I thought he uh, sort of explained it well on the uh, broadcast in the moment. He said, one thing that you talk about with young players is let's not take a bad play and make it worse. And, uh, you know, that return had gotten off to a little bit of a shaky start. Marvin Mims, so confident in his speed, he feels like he could, you know, reverse the field there a little bit, change, uh, you know, uh, hands with the ball and really uh, make a nice explosive play. You know, he's so fast. He feels like he can make those plays. But what you cannot do is fumble the ball right there. And uh, gosh, that was such a huge moment where, you know, uh, Gasecki has that touchdown. And then, boom, you got the fumble. And all of a sudden, you're like, whoa, what's going on here? The Patriots are, like, rolling. And, um, yeah, for this Broncos team, you know, you just can't make all these mistakes. And it doesn't matter who you're playing against in the NFL I know the Patriots only had three wins, but you know it's still Bill Belichick. It's still a, a really talented uh, defense, and uh, you you keep making these mistakes, you're just not going to win very many games.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And, and Sean Payton, one of his messages on on Tuesday, Phil, was we're still learning how not to lose football games, and he pointed out that two thirds of games, I think he said, every week are lost before they're ever won. And, you know, I think we, uh, progress is rarely ever completely linear, right? And, and so we, during the five game winning streak, we looked at it and we said, look at this team. They've, they've learned how to win. They know how to do it now. And because we pointed to games against the the Raiders, against the commanders, against the Jets and said, no, this team now, they know how to win. And, um, you know, maybe it wasn't quite that, that simple where, um you know, they're still they're still in the middle of that learning process. They're still working toward doing it consistently. And, um, you know, hopefully under Sean Payton, they get there. But clearly, that's still something they're figuring out. Um, I do think, Phil, one of the, you know, not that New England played like a bad football team. But when you've got a chance to put teams away, you've got to do it. And the Broncos, especially in the first quarter, I thought had an opportunity to just put the game out of reach. Obviously it started super well for Denver. DJ Jones gets a strip sack on the very first play of the game. And um, you know, I had no problem with going for it on fourth down there. Uh just because it ended up flipping the field position anyway. And you know, a couple couple drives later you're able to get a touchdown because of that field position. But you know, fourth and fourth down decision or not, you got to find a way to be able to get it in the end zone there. What it's it's first and goal from the six yard line. Um, there's just, you've got to be able as an offense to score there. And then you get the ball again at New England's 40 something. You got to find a way to get 10 yards and kick a field goal. You know, I mean, it easily could have been 10 nothing after two possessions. New England at that point has negative yardage. Um, you do eventually go up 7 nothing after a big Marvin Mims return. But Phil, to me, that was part of the story is that, you know, maybe you're able to survive a third quarter like that if you, um, just just get ahead earlier, or maybe it forces Bailey Zappy to start taking chances he doesn't want to take, or maybe the Patriots, you know, it's there, Phil, uh you know it's Christmas Eve, maybe they just decide you know what you know, let' just get want to get back yeah, you know, let's get back to New England, and um so I thought the Broncos missed an early opportunity to just put it away and it, to me, it's not about the fourth down decision. It's not about you know that sort of thing. It's just, hey, you've got four chances. get it in the end zone from from six yards away. That that would have been critical. It would have set the tone, I think, in a much different way. And um, so, so to me, that was a big moment, not because of the call to go for it or not go for it, but just because you've got to be able to score in that situation.
0: Yeah, I I do think um, I think there's like two ways you could sort of view that opening sequence there is like, hey, um, I think you give credit to Champagne for saying let's come out here, let's be aggressive, like you mentioned, let's try and put this thing away early. You know, let's establish our dominance on the ground. You know, they were clearly trying to do that by running the ball so many times there. Um, So I think that you can understand sort of the philosophy and and the reasoning behind wanting to go for it and just say, look, let's just sort of establish that this team is not going to be a nice night for you guys. Let's just uh, take care of business early on and jump on this team. I get that sort of thinking. I think on the flip side, you could sort of make an argument that, look, this is a Patriots team that does not put up a lot of points. It's early in the game. You don't really know exactly what type of game we're going to be dealing with here. Let's just take the three points and, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen uh, down the road. So there's two ways to think about it. I don't think that necessarily you could just say one is right and one is wrong. But um, you know, those are the sort of the flip sides uh, you can make the argument for either direction, I think there, but uh, I think the thing is that Sean was aggressive the whole night in, in that regard, just saying, look, like we, this is what, how we want to play this one. And so he stayed true to that, whether it's that going for it uh, fourth down there or the timeouts later in the game, you know, you, I think you sort of just give credit and say, look, th- he wants to be aggressive in these situations and uh you know, uh, they just weren't able to quite execute there, um, Eric. And I, I just think that offensively, I think uh, what Sean said on uh, Tuesday was, look, this team just like is either average or below average in a lot of areas on offense. And, you know, that's just not good enough, I think. And when you look at some of the flows of some of the games for the Broncos this year, a lot of times where there's like consecutive three and outs where, it just puts your defense sort of in a tough spot at times. And I think that, you know, that happened on, uh, on Christmas Eve where in that first half, you mentioned it there, Eric, like they had outstanding field position, like on a lot of those drives to start the game. And if you're able to just take advantage of some of that, maybe, you know, uh, the rest of the game goes a different way. And, uh, you know, I think that that's sort of a, a disappointing thing for the Broncos. But, yeah, just not able to stop the bleeding in some of these situations where you're like, look, uh, maybe the Patriots open in the, the the second half there with a touchdown. Let's respond. Let's like at least like eat up some clock. Let's just like sort of uh, do something on offense. And for too many long stretches this season, Eric, it feels like the the Broncos just can't stop the the bleeding.
1: Yeah, and again, you know, turnovers are a big part of it, right? The Broncos lost several or fumbled it several times. Lucky to only lose a couple of them. But you mentioned kind of stopping the bleeding. New England kicks a field goal to go to cut it to seven three early in the second quarter, and then there's a you know you got a Russ scrambles for fourteen. Uh, Jaleel gets a twelve yard run. Uh, Russ finds Jaleel for another eleven yards, and before you know it, you're you're near the edge of field goal range. You're at the New England thirty eight quickly, and it's like okay, well, hey, if we answer right back with a field goal or, you know, obviously a touchdown to push it to 14-3 would be even better get a double-digit lead. But even if you just kick a field goal quickly, it's kind of like, okay, New England just spent a quarter and a half or, you know, the quarter trying to battle just to get points. And just like that, you show you can go down and, and push the lead right back to seven. That would have been a big moment. And even though, you know, New England didn't end up scoring again in the second quarter, that to me was a big moment because, it it stalled any Denver momentum, weren't able to get back kind of in that area where you had a chance to score. And, um, you know, I think any any points at that uh, juncture of the game would have been could have uh, made the difference just in terms of how the game played out, how aggressive the Broncos could be, what New England had to do or that sort of thing. Um, and And so that was. That was tough, and you're right. The they've got to find a way to be more consistent offensively. I do think, Phil, that you can make a reasonable argument that Cortland Sutton going out, um, kind of threw a wrench in their plans and and made things difficult. And obviously, Cortland has been the go-to guy uh, for Russell Wilson. He's been the the main target in the passing game. He goes out uh, early in the game with a con- what's later deemed as a concussion, Phil, and. um Clearly, they had they needed guys to step up. Guys had to move around a little bit. And it, it just never quite worked the way that it needed to. But you know, that was – I know it got mentioned when he went out. And at that point in the game, Phil, I myself was like, oh, well, you know, this if, he, if he's going to miss a game, this is a good game to miss because the Broncos are are playing win okay this one. on offense. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're down in New England territory. And like, oh, let's just get out of here with the win. Like, this was before we knew it was a concussion. Cortland was just kind of standing on the sideline. and. I was like, all right, well, we'll keep him out of the football game. And then I think it kind of got lost as the game went on that oh, maybe one of the reasons the offense is struggling so much is they don't have their go-to guy out there. They don't have their number one receiver. So that was that that played a big impact, I think, on this game.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I I do think though, like in the fourth quarter, they were able to get some things going. And yeah. uh, you know, you're you know, some people might be wondering, like, well, how come they can't play like this, you know, in the first three quarters? You know, they're able to do, you know, really whatever they wanted in that little comeback stretch there. And you saw guys stepping up. Brandon Johnson was making big plays out there. Jerry Judy came alive a little bit there and everything was sort of flowing. You know, you got guys stepping up for Corlin Sutton's absence. And uh, uh, even Lucas Kroll made a nice, you know, touchdown grab there where he went up and caught it. So, like, you know, there are spurts here where the Broncos can really do uh you know, a lot off on offense, but then there's just those dry spells. And I think that, you know, Sean Payton said, look, our margin for error after a game he said, you know, is just like not where it needs to be. Yet. And uh, you know, I agree with that there. You know, just like little things if if they're not like quite perfect on it, like this team's just like not able to, you know, sort of take advantage of all the opportunities that they have in a game.
1: Yeah. They uh, they they're in a spot right now where it felt like earlier in the season they could survive some of these things. Uh, they they weren't able to against the Patriots. They you know against Houston a couple of weeks ago they they did kind of survive some of these things and gave themselves a chance still despite turning the ball over three times. But uh, like you mentioned earlier, it's a week to week league. Anybody can beat you. Um, you know our friend uh, Mike Kliss Phil was he asked, hey, is one of the next steps for this team? Finding ways to handle handle pressure situations and win games when there's a lot riding on them, and and Sean said it was no, it's more about again just finding ways not to lose, finding ways to win football games. But I, I do think that this is a new, this was a new situation for a lot of guys on this team. It wasn't new necessarily for Russell Wilson. It wasn't new for like a Mike McGlinchey. But for a lot of guys, you know, Justin Simmons. Um, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not going to count Cortland because he. Obviously, suffered the injury there, but Justin Simmons, um Garrett Bowles—I mean, those types of guys. This is the first time they've played, you know, in some of these games, or if they have, it was uh kind of shorthanded back in 2021 uh, without their starter. So maybe there is something to that—that that, that you've got to find a way at this time of year to be to be perfect or, or to be close to perfect. And Phil, there's a reason all these wild card teams are the ones that could have a chance of making the wild cards. They're all jumbled up at eight and seven right and it's because or seven and eight and it's because um, that's that's kind of where this wild card group is right now it's it's teams that sometimes make the plays they need to make to win football games but they don't do it consistently enough to you know be 10 and five or you know whatever the record would be right now Um, and and so that's part of it too that you have to, to take that next step you have to consistently win these games otherwise you're going to be in this bunch and um you know part of the reason that starting 1 and 5 was so difficult is that you don't have the margin for error to just you know for lack of a better word lay an egg uh in one of these games if if you started even gosh 2 and 3 or you know 3 and 3 you you probably could you know give up one like this and still have a chance you know i'm sure there's like indianapolis probably isn't happy that they went to atlanta and played a stinker but if they win these next two, they're going to be probably okay. You know, they're going to make it. And so that's one of the places where, you know, put yourself in a hole at one and five. And now it comes back to bite you when you have a game like that.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you really look at this Broncos season, um, they've really let some games drop that, you know, now we're all the way, uh, you know, here in week 17, that you look back and you're like, some of these games, like they should have really won against Washington, um, against the Jets, you know, these are some teams that we've now learned, you know, are just not, um, I guess very good, you know, like some of these teams have really struggled at times this year and the Broncos, you know, if you want to be a playoff team, you know, we talk about this, Eric is like, Hey, if uh, you want to be a playoff team, you got to take care of business against a team like the Patriots at home you know, with so much riding on it. And, uh, you know, a couple of times this year, the Broncos just haven't quite been right at that point. But I think that, uh, you know, like you look at other times and the Broncos went to Buffalo and beat the Bills, you know. The Broncos handled uh, comfortably the Cleveland Browns. And, you know, um, they've beaten some teams that are really good. And so I think consistency and, like, learning not how to uh, beat yourself those are like uh, sort of the growing pains for any team. And, uh, you know, I kind of look at this season in three groups, uh, you know, Eric, I look at that team that started one in five. Uh, and then I look at the team that went on this long winning streak. And then I sort of look at, at the team now where you're sort of right in the wave here, where you're like up and down, up and down. And, uh, I just sort of think that that's where that, bron- where the Broncos are right now. And, um, you know, every year, teams that are right around five hundred, they sort of uh, are those last few wild card spots. You know, and I think that uh, you know, a game here or there, the Broncos would be in a much better position now. But um, you know, they're you're, they're still learning and growing, and uh, it's the first year with Sean here, and I think that these are sort of some of the uh, growing pains that this team, you know, is uh, unfortunately in a spot now where you're like, gosh, uh, if we would have just been a little bit better here or there throughout the course of the season, they'd be in just such a way different spot. Uh, and, and with the way that other things have gone, you know, like with the Chiefs or whatnot, you know, if you had just won a couple of games here or there, you're talking about being in first place in the division. And uh, just, uh, you know, the way that things are have gone. And that's sort of just the way the NFL is too, like the margin for error. These teams are so close in the standings. Um, you know, there's only a couple of teams that are eliminated right now, you know, and that just sort of tells you, even like look at the Raiders, Eric, where all the ups and downs that they've gone through this year, they have the same record as the Broncos. And it's it's just sort of a, lets you think about how crazy this league is.
1: Yeah, and yeah, I mean, if the Raiders win their last two, they've got a great shot of getting in at nine and eight. So it just, you've got to be able to maintain it. Um I think, yeah, you mentioned the, The Chiefs not being so great. I think with so many backup quarterbacks playing around the league, with as healthy as the Broncos have been, you know, obviously the injury to Cortland on Sunday night was big, but but they've generally been healthy for most of the year. That's just kind of where it feels like, well, this is a little bit of a missed opportunity. Just it felt like things were aligning maybe for, you know, your last three games were all against teams under 500, um, two home games with a chance to get to uh, nine and seven and, and go to Las Vegas. You know, with a chance to get to 10 wins, which, as you mentioned, Phil, the way things went Saturday and Sunday and Monday, Um, it it set up really nicely for the Broncos. It could have even been a win-and-in situation. Um, And now the Broncos are in a place where you've either got to hope the Chiefs somehow lose to the Bengals and Chargers, or you've got to rely on like a nine-game string of results that, you know, individually none of them seem crazy, but just the odds, obviously, of all – nine going in happening. the Broncos. Yeah. Just, just seems um, it's unlikely. And, and to be honest, Phil, the Broncos probably can't even worry about that right now. They've got to make sure they regroup and and find a way to to play better football, play cleaner football um, to, to beat the chargers. And I, you know, we'll, we can talk more, more about them later in the week, but I do still think there's value in in having a winning record for the first time since 2016 and just kind of, um, you know, we talked about the the Lions and, and, and ad, ad nauseum. But, um, you know, to say, hey, we went eight and three down the stretch and have that sort of momentum would be, I think, helpful going into next year. And then you, yeah, maybe you you all offseason talk about and have these guys think about, hey, we were one or two plays here or there away from from achieving that goal of getting back in the playoffs and let it fuel you. But, um, I think this feeling, Phil, feel, or excuse me, this season will have a different feeling if you're not able to get these next two, because then it'll, then it might feel like, oh well, the five game winning streak was like a nice, um, you know, it, it was a nice moment. It felt good, yeah. in, at the time. At the time, but you started one in five, and then you finish um, poorly. Like I don't think you would think. I don't think you'd look back on this season as fondly. Whereas if they can win, you know, these last two. I think you'd you'd feel like at least progress was made they're moving in the right direction and um just need to be a bit better here or there. So uh, I, I still think just in terms of the the culture and, and what you're trying to build here and, and what's next there is still a lot to be gained these last 2 weeks.
0: Oh, most definitely. I mean, I think that the ultimate story of this season has yet to be written. I mean, uh and even Sean Payton was asked about that on Tuesday like, "Hey, do you talk about the playoff situation and like what scenarios need to happen here for the Broncos or how do you address that with your team? And he was just like, look, we just got to go try to figure out how to beat the chargers. You know, that's really all that it comes down to because Eric, I think that this story could either go one or two ways here. If the Broncos are able to finish with a couple of wins, you're talking about, Hey, having a, a pretty good record against your division, you're talking about having a winning record this season. You're talking about building momentum. And you're saying, hey, look, we had a, a a great run there to end the season. And uh feel like we really were able to turn the page the same way that the Lions did. You know, uh, the Lions going to beat the Packers to finish up the season last year, even though they didn't make the playoffs. It really carried the, some momentum into the offseason. And then now look at, uh, you know, the result. They won the division this year for the first time since 19, I think 93. Right. Um, so uh, they have
1: never won, they've never won the NFC North
0: before. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I do think that having that momentum going into the off season is a big deal, Eric. And so I think if the Broncos are able to do that, you're talking about a nice story here for this 2023 season. Hey, maybe it doesn't result in the playoffs, but at least you've, turn the page as a franchise you know when you're in the position the Broncos are right now where there's been so many years of of tough times I think if you're able to finish with a winning record you feel like you've really changed things this year and uh, that's a big deal I think and uh, if you don't do that and you end up you know say you drop these last two games then you're talking about uh squandered opportunity, you're talking about having lost four games in a row going into the offseason, and suddenly instead of uh, having that feeling of like we're building something here and we turn the page, it kind of feels like that Vance Joseph team from a couple of years ago where uh, they go to the the face of 49ers when they're sitting there with a 500 record and they, they end up losing out. Then, you know, a lot of people sort of forget that the Broncos are in that spot. But uh, you know that that because the way that season ended, so I think a, a lot has yet to be determined for this Broncos team.
1: Yeah, and that <clears throat> that happened in 2020 to, 2021 as well, right? They were seven yeah, yeah, and six exactly. and they lose the last four, and and you don't think back on that season as one that you know where you took a step forward. Obviously, a coaching change was made after each of those, uh, and that's like that's not the situation. But but you just you want to feel progress and momentum going forward into the offseason. And so I do think and you know, you talk about beating poor teams and teams you're supposed to beat, you should beat the Chargers coming in here with an interim head coach with a backup quarterback. Um, those are the types of games you should win. And and if you can go on the road and you know, this has been kind of the season of ending some of these bad streaks, you know, can you go beat the Raiders and end that streak that is now I mean, that's just not an insignificant. Um, amount of games that you've lost to them I think it's seven in a row at this point Um, so yeah still still some things to be done that could shape how this season's looked at
0: Uh, yeah I I definitely agree Uh, I mean we were in the locker room a couple of weeks ago when the Broncos were sitting there at seven and six and uh, we were talking to Jerry Judy and said hey remember you guys were in this position a couple years ago and he was like what you know, I don't remember that. And uh, I think a lot of people don't remember that Uh, that team had had a lot of success that season, but uh, you know, the way things ended really shaped the narrative for how you remember that season. And I think that uh, for this Broncos team, there's still a lot to be gained in these two weeks. You're talking about learning to not beat yourself. I think the Broncos can learn that uh, in these next two weeks if they finish up strong. So uh, definitely a lot to still play for. And Hey, I mean, a lot would have to go right, but you never know in this league. And uh, you know, if you just uh, take care of the things you could control the, then for the Broncos that's going on and beating a chargers team that look, you beat them a couple of weeks ago, they've got an interim coach, but they almost beat the bills this week. So, um, you know, this is a team that's going to come in here and play hard and, and, you know, try to change the narrative on their season too. So, but for the Broncos, you got to take care of business here, and then that streak against the Raiders, you end that. I think you you can head into the off season feeling pretty good, even if the playoffs aren't part of this picture. Yeah, so I agree. Well, we'll uh, definitely get into uh, the Chargers matchup a little bit later on uh, this week, and then also talk about you know what things to watch for in, in um, you know specifically here with the Broncos. I think they're still. You know, some things that you could pay attention to some younger guys, some guys that you want to see finish the season strong, certainly see what, uh, how Russ is able to bounce back, uh, after a couple of tough games here uh, for, for the offense. And, you know, if, uh, they can come out and just have a little bit of a, an explosion and have a, a nice game, I think that that's something that you could really take some positives from too. So, uh, definitely a lot to, uh, talk about and unpack here, Eric, uh, with the final two games and we'll do that uh coming up later in the week. Uh Eric, did you have a nice holiday? We we certainly hope that uh NZ Nation did.
1: I did Phil. I hope you did too and yeah, um very happy holiday to all our listeners and uh glad you're uh you're with us today as we
0: talk through this one. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh wishing uh, uh a happy holiday to all of NZ Nation and hey, we're looking forward to the new year. But the Broncos uh, have a couple of games here to uh, wrap up 2023 and uh, head into the off season with some momentum. So uh, that is going to do it for us, Eric. I think you have to go shovel, right? Uh, what What do you got going on back there? That's right. A lot of snow here to <laughs> to get rid of. We missed the White Christmas by one day. Oh. you know, missed opportunity. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for us for Eric Bala, I am Phil Milani. You've been listening to The, the Neutrals.
1: Neutrals. Out.